This is the Tiger Kickoff Podcast with your hosts, Emily Liker, Callum McAndrew, and Wilson Moore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tiger Kickoff Podcast. It's week 10, but we're only on episode 8. We are your Columbia, Missourian MU football beat writers. I'm Emily Liker. I'm Callum McAndrew. And I'm Wilson Moore. And I, I have a fun surprise for you guys to kick you, off our you episode today. You teased this before we started, and I'm a little concerned. Um, yeah, you, your exact wording was, is it fun for you, or is it fun for exactly. all who's, of us? Whose definition it, of fun is this? It's fun for all of us. Oh, good. Um, it's a contribution from our dear friend Kaylee Feldkamp. Uh-huh, yeah. She wrote us a poem last night. Wow. So, this is by Kaylee Feldkamp, former journalism Student and Columbia Missourian writer, though and not a sports writer. Never in a press box. Yeah, that, or... that does get brought up in the poem. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> the Missourian football beat. A tradition so long, so sweet. The friendships formed in a Kia Soul backseat. More rewarding than the occasional viral tweet. <laughs> First up, Emily Liger. Believe me, she's no amateur. A journalistic fox, even though she won't sneak her friend into a press box. Mm, there it was. Next, Callum, the Scot from Kentucky. Enjoy your 15 minutes of fame before everyone moves on to the next big game. Finally, Wilson, the host of Factor Cap. Don't believe what they say about gingers. He's really a fine chap. That is very nice. And scene. Nice. Did you enjoy that? I, I did enjoy that <laughs> okay. very much. Th- thank you, Kaylee. They took a couple of versions for her to get there. Okay. I had to veto uh, one or two for not being appropriate to read on the <laughs> podcast. So we can talk about those later. Okay. What we're talking about right now, first, is Missouri versus Vanderbilt. Tigers got their first Southeastern Conference, Power 5, and road win of the season. I I was with you guys. I know your thoughts. But share them with our dear listeners. How did the game go? It's kind of weird because this is basically the same Missouri team we've seen every time. They struggled to stop the run. The offense came and went. They were just playing a really bad team. You know, it's hard to even, like, it's hard to even say if they played better than they did against, say, you know, Texas A&M or Kentucky would probably be an even better example. Just they won. They weren't playing a good team, but this is who Missouri is. They're going to feed Tyler Beatty. He's going to do what he does. The run defense is going to be atrocious. They're going to give up a lot of yards, and it's just going to be a matter of, can they outscore their opponents? Can they win a marathon like that? The more I think about the Vanderbilt game, the less thoughts I have. Yeah, that's uh, it fair. Just, it, it, it's just such a flash in the pan now. Um, I, I don't. I, I have nothing. I have nothing to add about this game other than it happened. I think, and yeah, let's just move on. Let's <laughs> let's forget it happened. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I did the report card last night for like their like past month the last like four games five weeks I think technically with the bye um and like to Wilson's point like literally nothing has changed like I was looking at the first report card we did and I was like oh surely we're gonna have some position groups that change I think everyone stayed the same minus I dropped the quarterbacks a little bit because of Bazelak's interceptions because he has five and four games now and he's passed his season total for 2020 and I went ahead and threw the plus on the running backs a just because Tyler Beatty deserves all the credit right now. I mean, I'm glad they promoted him to captain. It's kind of shocking that he wasn't before. But, I mean, 
man, he's he's carrying this it, team. It's wild. He hadn't he had never started a game before this season. It's just he yeah. He's become everything for Missouri. You know, like he's always there when Missouri needs it. You know, Vanderbilt scores suddenly. It's a three point game. Three minutes left. Missouri needs something going, and they give it to him. First play takes it. What seventy three yards? I think to, think took down to the two. That's it's incredible. He's. I think you can absolutely make a case he's the best running back in the SEC. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. And I mean, I think we should touch on like some of those big moments and kind of like just like the implication of how Missouri responded to them overall, because I don't know. I like, yes, they ended up winning the game, but like, I think the way the offense came off that interception by Bazelak, brutal, horrible, like they did not bounce back at all. And like, I mean, we've talked about it, that if, they hadn't gotten that Hail Mary. If Kiki hadn't caught that Hail Mary at the end of the first half, there is no way they would have won that game, right? No, I don't think so. Like, they just wouldn't have been able to get... Like, Bazelak especially, but all of them just seemed so out of it after that pick. They, I've never seen shoulders drop like that. I mean, like, I mean, and it started so well. Granted, mm-hmm. one of, I feel like we have to preface this every time we talk about this game. Because <laughs> it, it was Vanderbilt... But, I mean, those doors had only managed six yards of total offense up until that pick. They'd yeah. had a punt blocked and recovered. Uh, just uh, the like the interception there was so hurried after getting sacked. It was such a, just a poor play, and then just everyone was just kind of capitulated after that for a full quarter. It, it, it was bizarre to watch. That, that pick was just so bad in so many different ways. There's the situation of that is the one thing you can't do there. You, you know, you have a chance to go up 17 nothing in the first quarter, practically salt the game away against a really low-quality opponent er, early on. Even if you can't do that... You've got you, uh, the best kicker in yeah, the country. Yeah, you can go up 13 nothing, And so it's bad just from a situational level, but that was always also just bad read, bad throw. I think he was looking for Toski, who was not open at all there was no one there was no one downfield he just tried to force that and it was just bad in so many ways and that's not the first time that's happened either do you think no. the, do you think the reaction was like a reaction to the person that threw it everyone because i mean it wasn't just basilac that went off the boil after that it was everybody it was there was nothing worth applauding for about a solid 15 minutes yeah i mean I'm trying to think, like, obviously, like, Drinkwitz has been really high on Basilac, mm-hmm. like, I mean, because there have been a lot of questions, and there's a lot of Mizzou fans who are like, get him out of here, which I don't think is necessarily called for. Um, I mean, he's obviously struggling, but that's not entirely his fault. I don't know. But I'm trying to think, like, how much have other players been asked and talked about him these past couple games? Like, has anyone, I'm trying to think of if anyone said anything relevant to like his performance like Beatty or anyone like that I don't think so because at the at the end of the game you know the focus shifted from how did Basilac play to will he play next yeah. week to regardless of his performance will he even be healthy enough to take on the number one team in the country yeah that's true so we should we should talk about that because I think that's that. probably the biggest thing so Basilac went down in the fourth quarter Tyler Macon came in after the game. Drinkwitz said that he thought Basilac had a soft tissue injury, which would be something like a sprain, a strain, a twist, anything like that. Like, pretty standard. It could even be, like, a really deep bruise, like a deep muscle bruise or whatever. 
um, and that Tyler Macon going in was situational. As of yesterday, which we kind of all predicted, there's no real update on that. He was really vague. We did not get to watch practice. For the first time in a non-bye week. Yeah. So that, to me, tells me he's not practicing. He's not going. Because why would you be worried about people watching? Or why would you not want people to watch if he was good to go again, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, there's a lot going into this, I think. But, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, it's hard to speculate, especially when Drinkwitz was as cagey as he was at his presser yesterday. He said just out front, we'll have the injury report. Obviously, that's not enough for people. He got a lot of questions and basically avoided all of them about Basilac status, making cook, whatever. There's one absolute certainty: if he is fit, he plays. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, Yeah. I'd like. I want to make very clear: I'm not trying to be overly critical of Basilac when I talk about his pick and you know how it's not the first time. Yeah, but. no, Tyler Macon and Brady Cook should not no, be starting in no. front of Connor Bazelak if Bazelak is fit for Georgia this weekend. Absolutely not. Um, if there is a lingering injury, though, there's a discussion to be had, and I know we've talked about this a little bit. We can go over it some more. Like, do you save him for South Carolina? I mean, I, I think that's the clear answer. Like, why would you put him in a game that, regardless of what Drinkwitz has said this week about being excited for the Georgia matchup and so excited to head to Athens, like... Regardless of that, why would you put him in this game when you know that you're going to lose? Uh, and you also know that you're going to get hurt. Like, he's going to get sacked so many times those, if he yeah. plays. He's gonna, And he's he was shaken up even before this injury. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's been, been just kind of nicked up all season. Yeah, yeah, he has not been, it feels like, 100% healthy. Granted, he had never appeared on the injury report prior to, I mean, yeah, by the time I, people I th- are I listening think to that, this. that feels strategic i mean i think yeah uh, before this week i think basilac would have to be, have been like missing a limb to show up on the because <laughs> they, they don't want anyone speculating on how healthy yeah. the quarterback is even then he'd be like questionable <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, his leg is hanging off the you know, yeah. modern he might science play. Well, i don't know he um, might play <laughs> but yeah so then if he doesn't i mean furthering that discussion if he doesn't play which i think we're all in agreeance that that would be the smart decision if he is injured in any way which quarterback gets the start is the start is it cook or macon brady cook i think it's brady cook i could see it being a combination of the two of them drinkwitz again didn't really answer the question someone asked is there a possibility you play two quarterbacks and he didn't really answer with regards to georgia he said if there had been you know more time left there's a chance both would would have come in i could see him doing something like that, having Cook occasionally doing some weird, you know, trickeration with Macon. But, yeah, I think Cook, it would make most sense for Cook, regardless of uh, what the fans say. Yeah. Yeah, God, fans are so high on Tyler Macon. And I get he's a, he's a good player, and I think he's going to do great things for this team in the future, but I don't think... Or another team. Yeah, or <laughs> another team if he decides to leave, which I think people are talking about that as well, which, like, I don't know. But... I don't see this being the game where he should get his his first like career no. start. You, you know what comparison I thought of? It, it's like when you're like in love with someone who you don't really know that well. Yeah. You know, and that because when you don't know them, they're whatever you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Then you get to know them and you find out that they're, they're a person with you know flaws. It's the same thing with Tyler Macon. We we've never seen him play. I mean, I guess we have, but we've barely seen him play 
college football, so he's whatever fans want him to be right yeah. now. He's the perfect quarterback because he's never failed. Once he fails, which he will, everybody fails, mm-hmm. then it'll be different. Yeah, that's a great point to make is that he's going to get slandered on Twitter as soon as he throws yeah. an interception or makes a bad run or fumbles the ball or something like that. But I think you said, I think it was you said something interesting Monday, probably. I about... never say interesting things. No. So yeah, <laughs> I know. Mr. Viral on Twitter over here never says anything interesting. That wasn't me. I was all tired. <laughs> um, about Cook's playing style being probably more similar yeah. to Bazelak. Okay. Do you want to like expand oh, yeah, that was on a that? Interesting, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good, that was a good point. No, I mean, so you've got Macon who is more the, running type mm-hmm. i mean we, i mean we saw that on his literal first play after coming in for the injured basil he went for six yards got them closer were they outside of field goal range before um before I mean, that third with mevis yeah good point yeah, yeah like, i, I yeah, think it, it made it would have been made, long yeah it would have been, been long, long yeah. but yeah it made him it made it more manageable yeah. for sure i think that took it to 46 i want to say yeah, yeah. i think it was a six, yards, yeah. six yard run so it was yeah. 52 i mean mevis probably he hits al- that he but... also made a 52 in the game i guess yeah. yeah so but anyway uh i mean he got that in and he also had the two yard running touchdown which is just something we haven't seen from basil at this season mm-hmm. but, uh drinkwitz said something along the lines of yesterday that Cook also can run the ball, yeah, but he's I mean, a lot less likely yeah, to than I mean, Kyle he's, Macon. He's young and athletic. Yeah. And if you're, uh, he also said something interesting about Macon just knowing the playbook a little bit less, um, and Cook just being a little bit older, a little bit more similar in style to Bazelak. I, I just think that's why if Bazelak has a l- lingering injury, you know, you've got your wide receiver core, you've got that group of players that are pretty consistent now, that are how they're rotating and how they're playing. I think you start Cook just for the, the similarity. Yeah, I was about to say that also, like, something to consider would be that even if he hasn't played in, like, other SEC environments, Brady Cook's, like, at least been in them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Tyler Macon, you're getting fresh out of high school, which is not right. nearly oh. the same. But there was, like, no fans last year. So Brady hasn't even really played, like, been in stadium. Like, Brady doesn't know what a Sanford Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be such a, like, shell shock, I Yeah. Think. It's wild out there. I'm so excited. You haven't, you haven't, I haven't experienced it yet. No. You're in for a yeah. treat. It's real SEC football mm-hmm. down there. That's right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that actually is the Southeast. So Yeah. yeah um, Which I guess if we want to get into talking about the game, I think the biggest what, what, question mark. What do you mark, even say about the game? I, does Missouri Help! finally. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> does Missouri finally beat its curse of not being able to cover the spread? No. The spread is 39. It's up to 39 now? Yeah, well, according to DraftKings, I just looked right before this, and then the over-under is 61.5. If they don't, they've gone a full season. It would be their 12th game in a row without covering the spread. Yeah, they're awful at it. It's a full regular season. They're awful at it. They're not great at it. That's. I mean, even what? against... Van- like, they were favored by a lot against Vanderbilt, <laughs> and, like, Vanderbilt led them for an entire <laughs> quarter. I just... I think there's also... Um, Mike Wright made them look like UMass. <laughs> but there's also, you know, you, you figure Georgia's going to pull its starters at some point. If yeah. Georgia's up, if Georgia pulls its starters up 42, you know. Yeah. You can... All it takes is Mevis. But that's worse. Because <laughs> they're just going to run the ball more. Yeah. I can't oh, believe Georgia is going to pull what Missouri pulled against non-conference, like, lower division teams, like, against Missouri. Yeah. Georgia's going to pull a Missouri against SEMO 
which is just embarrassing for Missouri. I think like we could see second string players as early as the start of the second half. I feel like oh a hundred percent. It could it could legitimately be just a train wreck by yeah. halftime. Like uh, I had like a weirdly specific prediction. I think Ooh. I might have uh, said this to you. I think Missouri keeps it like weirdly oh, close yeah. early. Mm. Like I I think it's gonna be like seven seven. And Missouri's gonna have the ball, and we're all gonna be like, "Oh, what's this we're seeing?" And that is gonna end like fifty-six to seven. The Twitsphere would explode for about it, four minutes yeah, if yeah. that happened. Imagine, if, yeah. imagine if Macon drove him down oh on a goodness. touchdown oh drive. I would have would to log out. Freak out. Yeah. Well, and I think this is something I mentioned the other day during the game. I I think, um, but I really do think Missouri, and this isn't even like an effect of Drinkwitz. I feel like this has been the case for them both seasons I've covered them like this was still the case in 2019 is that they play to the level of their opponents at least a little bit which sucks when they're playing bad opponents because they play down and they play trashy and like it's like they could be running away with people and they're not because they like I don't know if it's like a cockiness problem where they go into it and they're like oh we're gonna beat this team and then like lose it or like it's just whatever but I can I agree with that that there's a chance that they like hold it close and again it's with the with like the big moments and them not being able to respond like as soon as something bad happens even if they have been keeping in it they are not going to be able to hold Georgia in check so yeah does anyone even have the slightest inclination to say that Missouri could get something out of this game I guess that could depends get on some, what you like, mean. What? Could win. Could, could oh. beat Georgia. Could knock like, off I, I, the number you know, one team in this the is actually This is an interesting, uh, just fun exercise to do. What would have to happen for Missouri to win? Uh, <laughs> good question. I'll start. I think Beatty has to go for 200 yards. Oh, and more than touchdowns. 200. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the number one ingredient. I think there needs yeah. to be like a food poisoning outbreak on the <laughs> Georgia team. Yeah, I think Missouri need, would need to get a defensive or special teams touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep, score on D. Score on D. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and there there would need to be more than that. It's a but... morning game, so Jordan Davis's alarm could not go off. Yeah, I think Basilak would need to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could... yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bump the mic there, but yeah, get... and bump yeah. the mic in agreement. That's <laughs> yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. just headbutting the <laughs> <Yeah>. mics now. <laughs> I think those would probably be the top yeah. three things in terms of, like, what you would maybe need out of Georgia. Like, I hate to wish, like, injury upon anyone, so I won't say any specific names, but it would it would be in Missouri's favor if someone got yeah. injured, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think, which, again, uh, obviously don't want to happen. But... Uh, I'll, I'll throw in a big game, big games from Makai Wingo and <laughs> Isaiah McGuire. Yep. I think, you know, they've been their two best defensive linemen mm-hmm. this year. And they have to, you know, again, for any chance, I think they have to just ball out. and The secondary has to stop having to make tackles. Yeah. It's more yeah. Of, yeah. That's kind of where we're at here. Yeah. Also, a big thing they've been struggling with the past couple weeks, it seems like, is penalties. Like, Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that one. was part yeah. of my, my notebook the other day is that full they had field y- full field against Fandy. And they had multiple that just, like, completely got off. Uh, Cox's touchdown was yeah. called back because mm-hmm. Daniel Parker Jr. had an unnecessary roughness call, which in the report card I did bump the because tight ends down because they have had several penalties called yeah. against them. And then you then they had that ridiculous every single player has jumped 
Uh, false start, offsides. <laughs> they just go, everyone was not set when the ball was snapped. And we were all like, are you kidding I mean, me? That, that was... I mean, that was oh, just a weird play in general because, you know, they were trying to catch Vandy, like, not ready. It was fourth and one. They were trying to hustle up to the line. It was unnecessary, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just did not need to do that. Anyway, so they would need to not be penalized yeah, as many yeah. times as they have yeah. been, and, which, well. And Dringers mentioned this. Georgia are quite good at making lines move. That is a thing that they're, that's a good, that's a thing they are good at drawing. Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, 90,000 people in Sanford yeah. Stadium. It's going to be hard to hear. It's going to be hard to communicate. We could see some false start penalties. No. And if Missouri were affected by uh, the atmosphere at Vanderbilt <laughs> Stadium, <laughs> all 11 people that were there. Yeah, yeah. They Georgia also has the um, number 38 rushing offense in oh, football God. subdivision. Um, so Missouri has dropped back down to last oh, in, oh. in rushing defense. I think they were last week too. They was literally only because the bye week. Yeah. Because oh yeah yeah they didn't play. You, you, but can't, you can't get rushed against on a bye <laughs> no, week. Exactly. So that was the only reason they were in second to last for that one episode uh, wow. that we what recorded. Wow. But the halcyon days of the bye week just. I, I know. Yeah. Insane. Oof. I don't. I don't know though. I Missouri's gonna get destroyed. I don't know what else there is to say about the actual game. How are we feeling about Athens? Who's excited? Oh, I am. I'm really excited. Athens I, I want to meet Hogan. I okay. my life goal is to meet that bulldog. For years, it's been my life goal. So. The last time we went, we hung out on the on the field until like the last minute you could catch the elevator up to the press box. They brought him out like two minutes later. No. Yeah. Oh well. Hopefully they bring him out earlier this time. Maybe. It's supposed to be pretty nice weather. Um, I think it's like four, high 40s to 50s, 60s. It will be 60s towards the end towards of the, the game. End. Yes, yeah. Oh, keep probably, the but it's in the morning, so we'll be probably pretty chilly in the morning. Um, environment will be cool. Wilson will be not in the stadium doing no. something else. I'll, I'll be in the stadium. Okay, uh, you're getting a ticket? I'm getting a ticket, yeah. I'll, I'll find something to do. Yeah. I'll just roam all day until I find a story. That's... Yeah, but back to Ugga. Okay. They did yeah, the, the, important matter. the Missourian football beat writers in 2019 got to meet Uga. They got a whole afternoon with Uga. No. Yeah, they did. Their, really? That was the walk around story. Oh Bennett wrote about Uga and like the tradition of Uga. Incredible. And the rest of us just went to breakfast. <laughs> and then the breakfast was delicious. Breakfast by the was way, delicious. And we're going back there. Yeah. One last note on Uga. I texted you guys this last night, but <laughs> I think it's important that all of our listeners. No, this, oh, this is I, wild. <laughs> I, I was doing research for Factor Cap last night. I was on Georgia Football's Wikipedia page, which had an entire section about UGA. And in that section, it clarified something that I think was a very pressing issue for all of us, um, which was, Deceased Uggas are interned in a mausoleum <laughs> near the main entrance to Sanford Stadium. And, and this is the important part. Georgia is the only school to bury its past mascots inside the football stadium. What if Missouri did that? <laughs> Just See, everyone that had dressed up as Truman. That's, that's ever. the thing. Just a couple things. First of all, thank you, Wikipedia, for clarifying that. <laughs> I'm glad pe- we're not making sure people think this is just, like, a common thing. In college football, it's just one of the quirks of the sport. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and the second just concerning thing is most mascots are just, like, people in costumes. Mm-hmm. They're not animals, so that would be just very concerning. 
That's very Sports random. That's so weird. That's so strange. <laughs> Anyway, before we get before we get to actual factor cap, which unfortunately that question, well, was never a question, but yeah. was I mean, what, what was what was it gonna be like? I don't factor think cap. E- factor cap. Georgia is the only program that buries its dead mascot <laughs> in the stadium. Remember, hadn't hadn't one of the Uggas just died when we were last there? Oh, last there, there was something when the antlers the antlers changed oh their goodness. name to Georgia uh, football and tweeted that, that Ugg has died. died. <laughs> I was in Scotland in lockdown, and that gave me the best day of entertainment of the entire <laughs> pandemic. Just watching people fall for this. Uh, former Missourian writer Adam Cole yep. falling yeah. for this. <laughs> he fell for it. Incredible. Hard. Shout out Adam. Uh, <laughs> Hey, we all get faked out sometimes, you yeah. know? Wow. So. <laughs> we all get faked. Pr- predictions? Oh, we're doing predictions? Yeah, so no, we'll chime in for Cameron, who's not here. He said it's going to be 38-10 Georgia. He said he thinks that Mavis will get a kick, a field mm-hmm. goal, which I think is a pretty rational prediction. My my prediction is going to be 62-10 10 Georgia. That's like right where my prediction was. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna, claiming it. So you've gone 620 is what you're typing right now. That Yay. would be wild. <laughs> it's an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> it's not out of the question, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I'm going to go 56-3. Okay, I guess the, the, the idea I had in my mind was a combination of those two. I have 56-10. to 10. Okay. Wow. Missouri. We're all in the same ballpark. I'm taking Georgia. It's Tyler making time. I, I like that. I like that none of us even said the team we think is going to yeah. win. Yeah, it's kind of obvious. Right. Logan, what's we, your score yeah, prediction? So I don't see Missouri able to score a touchdown against Georgia's defense. I think Mavis will have two field goals that will give him two. I think it's going to be fifty-six to six. Nice. Wow. We've all got yeah, lots of fifty-sixes. I, Could I, this be the week? Cameron was by week? far the most uh, the most generous to yeah. Missouri's defense. I know he said thirty-eight, and I was like, <laughs> he gave they up gave up thirty-one to Vandy. Yeah, right? I was going to say, and two hundred fifty-eight rushing yards after Vandy had had nine the previous week. So I don't know about that one, Cam. But <laughs> okay, factor cap time, Wilson. Factor cap time. Oh, I love this. Let's go. You guys ready again? Just before we start, uh, how are you guys feeling coming into this week? I'm trailing again. I'm the underdog, so I like being the underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like being ahead. Uh, I think, so, I think Callum's probably distracted from all his Twitter fame and his autographs he's been signing and Q and As he's done. So I'm hoping it's thrown his him off his game this week. Yeah, I have definitely let the fame get to my head. Uh, you can speak to my agent for any further comment. <laughs> all right. With that, we will start in the state of Georgia, but not on the football field, on the baseball field. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series last night. Mm -hmm. Factor cap, they originally began as the Milwaukee Braves before moving to Boston and then finally ending up in Atlanta. Fact. Yeah, I think that's a fact. That is cap. They began in Boston and moved to Milwaukee, then Atlanta. The city's right. Cheap shot by Wilson. (laughs) Well, at least we were both foiled by his ruse okay all right you guys are both off to a rough start yeah, well, yeah are we though <laughs> you're both you both went zero and one on that question <laughs> don't remind me 
the dorm on Georgia's campus, Mary Linden Hall, is named after the first woman to earn a graduate degree from Georgia. That sounds like a like someone that would be the first woman to earn a graduate degree from Georgia. I'm going to so, say fact. So you're saying fact. Yeah, I'm saying fact. I'm going to go fact as well. That is fact. Let's she go. earned her Master's of Arts in 1914. Do you know what? Good for her. What it was in? Shout out women. It, it, it just said Master of Arts. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Martial Arts. Master <laughs> of Martial Arts. Oh, wow. That would be so <laughs> sick. Question three. <laughs> Question three. The first reference to Georgia and Bulldogs originated in 1901. Georgia played Auburn, and fans wore buttons that said "Edom, Georgia" with a picture of a bulldog on it. That's what Missouri should change their buttons <laughs> to. Edom, Edom Tigers. <laughs> I'm gonna say cap here. It, I, I hate to keep answering the same as column, but I can't see you doing three facts in a row. So I'm gonna go cap. That is fact. Uh... Also, it would it would have been it would have been two facts in a row because the first one was cat. oh that's oh. right <laughs> wow. we answered wrong <laughs> so it was a oh. bad thought, thought process oh. i see i thought it was going to be something more to do with like british bulldogs or something that's that was always my uh, no you know, my they, assumption, they, they, they didn't assumption. become like officially known as the bulldogs till like 1920 mm-hmm. but that was like the first reference to them as the bulldogs was the picture of the bulldog edom georgia Edom, Georgia. I, which I think they need to just, like, bring that, like, That's kind of cool, actually, yeah. 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 Number four. Georgia is, you know, one of the best uh, college football programs of all time. They have not had a Heisman winner since Frank Sinkwich in 1942. Fact. 1942? That's a weird year <laughs> to have a Heisman winner. I mean, I'm going to say why? I'm, The war. Yeah, football still happened during the war. Did it? Most sports stopped. Well, and how deeply was America the in the year? war in 1942? Because America was late to the war. Was it 42 or 43 that America joined the war? I'm going to say cap. I thought based. it was 41. Was it 41? I'll look. Uh, well, I'll the look. war started in 39. I'm saying fact. I'm saying yeah. cap here. I say cap. cap. It was cap. Let's go. Frank Sinkwich did win the Heisman in 1942. That had nothing to do with it. But Herschel Walker won in 1982. He oh. is the last Georgia Bulldog wow. to win the Heisman. Wow. Mm. So it had nothing to do with the war. No, but it had got... nothing at all. Okay, wow. War discourse for nothing. <laughs> That's what you come here for, folks. That's... And number five. Cal- so Callum has a 2-1 lead going into the fifth question. Yeah. George's program, football program, began in 1897. Its first game was against Florida, which ended in a scoreless tie. Oh, that has to be fact. I would love that. If you're going fact, I gotta go cap. It is cap. (laughs) Overtime! I I, I made that up. (laughs) I love that. That was a good one. That was a... uh, I just really (laughs) wanted that to be true. That would have been incredible. You just made that up? Damn. All right. (laughs) You've ruined Callum's day by making uh, up that fact. Uh, really, what, I love scoreless ties. It's <laughs> one of the great things about soccer, is that nothing can happen. And we go to the tiebreaker. Uh, going back to Europe, speaking of world wars, and mm-hmm. uh, it has nothing to do with colonial Great Britain, but UGA's marching band is known as the Georgia Redcoat Marching Band. Factor cat. Mm. Fact. Wow. 
I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in the spirit of the game here, I'm gonna go. I, I do think it's Cap, and I will go Cap. It is fact. Oh, that is the name of George's marching band. Emily gets the come from behind yeah. overtime win. <gasps> wow. <laughs> We're tied again. Tied again. Wow, this 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 series is going down to the wire. This is great. I, I'm glad we're doing yeah. this. I'm yeah. glad neither of you have pulled ahead yeah. over yeah. the last eight weeks. Look, uh, credit to Emily. She's she recruits 365 days a year. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I have violated. I'll every talk to you about single... it after the season. <laughs> violated every single recruiting law. <laughs> the NCAA is coming after me for my factor cap skill. <laughs> I have a team of researchers on standby looking up every single fact about each school mm-hmm. each week. Wow. I mean, that's dedication. Maybe that's I've, dedication. Maybe I've been, like, rigging it and mm-hmm. pretending to lose rounds so that I can make a great end-of-the-season run. Oh, you know what we should do? At some point, we should look at our SEC records. Uh, on SEC weeks, who's won oh. on SEC weeks. Oh. That, should that be the tiebreaker at the end of the year? Yeah. No, no, just to see what, see, what we're see how we're doing in the because that's where sh- that's where your position is determined yeah. by. You know how you, how do you perform against the league? So let's do a recap of our score predictions, oh, yeah, just because yeah. it's always fun. I said sixty-two to ten, Georgia. Callum said fifty-six to three, Georgia. <laughs> Wilson said fifty-six to ten, Georgia. We all said Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logan said fifty-six to six, Georgia. And Cameron said 38-10, to 10, Georgia. So all of us think that Mevis is going to hit at least one field goal yes. in this game, which I think is a, a rational prediction. Unless, I, does Wilson think uh, two-point conversion and a safety? I don't know <laughs> <wish> I had. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I will say, though, I if, if there is going to be a week that Mevis misses, mm-hmm. I think it is this week. Really? Because of the environment. Like... Oh. The environment I, I feel, at Sanford. I feel like he's too just unshakable. Like, I feel like if he misses, it'll just be because he misses, not I didn't because say anything if he's, outside that he's going to. I just yeah. see this being the most likely mm. week for him to yeah. do so. I want to cut in here. I don't know if this has been suggested elsewhere, but I've been thinking about there about a um new nickname for Mevis. Are you guys ready to hear oh, it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely ready to hear this. Like I said, it may have been thrown around on Twitter, but I'm thinking Auto Mevis. Automevis, oh, I like nice. it. As an automatic? Yeah. That's good. Automevis. Think of the kicker will always <laughs> reign supreme, yeah. but that's a good that's one. That's good. He is Automevis. Automevis. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. It's like an, it's like an Autobots rollout type yeah. vibe. <laughs> like, bring him out. Bring him out. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're the Columbia Missourian MU football beat writers. You can read our work on ColumbiaMissourian.com. Uh, we're traveling to Georgia this weekend. I think we're taking over the Missourian Instagram, so oh, yeah. follow along there. That should be fun. I'm Emily Liker. I'm Cal McAndrew. And I'm Wilson Moore. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Kickoff Podcast. This podcast is produced by Cameron Connor and Logan Franz. Music for this podcast comes from Alligator Indian. Catch us next week at ColumbiaMissourian.com or wherever you get your podcasts.